some of the, the research that Nika had done and people were losing 40% of their productivity in just overhead uh, uh, assemblies. Yeah. If you're not prefabbing those and you're still stick building those and now you've got to bring another um, uh, you know, lift into that same space, I don't, I don't see how you do that and, and stay on task, on schedule, uh, mm -hmm. stay in business. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. I'm excited to welcome back our guest today, Clay Smith. He is the CEO of Evolve MEP and has over 25 years of leadership and executive management experience, primarily focused on construction and technology. Clay is passionate about the industry disrupting power that results from the combination of accurately deployed innovation and fully aligned teams. He's also a graduate of West Point and proud Army football letterman. Welcome back, Clay. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, would love to start with what West Point and your time in the Army taught you about the need uh, for kind of proper information flow in an organization. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I talked a little bit at MEP Force last year uh, about uh, some things that the military had done to win the war on terror and how that they had uh, were facing an enemy that had a cell phone for the first time in, in history. And so that required a certain operational tempo. And, and so as I studied that and prepared uh, to speak on that, it, you know, I tied it into what contracting firms, specifically MEP firms, you know, how they had to use information to go faster and faster in a very challenging uh, world. And so um, what did the Army teach me? Um, you know, back when I was in the Army, which is many years ago, that whole uh, kind of change away from those old uh, chain of command, kind of hierarchical systems where there were five levels of approval and everything you did, that had already started to change. And they realized that information had to flow quickly across the organization in order to keep up with the, the what was then called the hot tempo, you know, how fast you were going. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so I think I picked up on that. And I also picked up on uh, the importance of training everybody in the organization so they understand what the organization is trying to do as a whole, right? If you do that and you have good people and information flows quickly, then that's kind of the recipe for, uh, you know, optimal performance. Yeah. Uh, so kind of unpack a bit more about what really is a flat organization in the, uh, you know, construction world. What does that really look like? Yeah. So I think, I think it is a, it's a construction company that, uh, similar to what I said before, they're teaching people all along the chain what they need to do, what, you know, obviously safety is a big part of that. Sure. But, but um, um, you know, when we, we talk about MEP contractors, why it's important for the detailer to detail in a way that can actually be built in the field, right? Why it's, why it's important for the guys in the field to order the parts that are standardized that they're trying to get everybody to use. So there's not 47,000 parts that they're trying to get through the procurement system. So yep. those types of things are things that you can use 
Um, so the information that flows out of the office into uh, the shop and out to the field, everybody along that, that, that path understands the importance of their part. And so then everybody can make decisions without there being this in a not flat organization. You've got silos and everybody's kind of needs all of these. Nobody really knows what anybody else is doing. Right. So you need all of these levels of responsibility so that nobody makes a mistake. In a flatter organization, you will get mistakes, but they're, they're an investment in the overall operation of the company. Interesting. What do you think is kind of the, the main value add then for contractors and, you know, the, the trades to really adopt this uh, organizational structure? So it's the speed, right? It's the, it's, it's the overall speed of getting work done. As we have, um, you know, talked to hundreds and hundreds of contractors now, as we've worked on, on Evolve MEP as a technology solution, um, we really figure out at the end of the day that MEP contractors get paid and ultimately what they're there to do is to install, right? Mm -hmm. It's installing sure. pipe and wire and duct. That's what ultimately those companies are there to do. Um, and so anything along the way that we can do and the organization does, everything in that chain needs to be leading to that purpose. And anything that's not leading to that purpose is what in lean parlance you would call waste. Mm -hmm. And so and so I think that's part of it. Uh, so with all the disruption going on in, in the world this year, well, why do you think now would be a, a good time to kind of lean into creating this structure if you don't already have it? Yeah. Um, I don't see how you survive, um, now, right. It, uh -huh. you, on, on one of the other podcasts you had, uh, Josh Bowen on, and he was talking about some of the, the research that Nika had done and people were losing 40% of their productivity in just overhead, uh, uh, assemblies. Yeah. If you're not prefabbing those and you're still stick building those. And now you've got to bring another, um, uh, you know, lift into that same space. I don't, I don't see how you do that and, and stay on task, on schedule, uh, stay in business. And so I think um, now if, you, if you're not there, you need to be there really quickly. And if you are there, you've got to figure out ways to make an even flatter organization and to go faster so that the people, the whole idea with flat organizations is the people closest to the action make the most amount of decisions. And everybody up the chain is simply doing all they can to try to um, knock hurdles out of the way so that the people that are actually, in the case of MEP contractors, the people who are actually installing that pipe, duct, and wire, they're the ones who are making most of the decisions. Hey, MEP friends, looking for a competitive edge? MEP Force is the event for you. It has become the gathering place for industry leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry-led and driven, meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 80 breakout sessions. So you will be getting real-life practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, it's all virtual. So if you register now, you will have access to all the breakout sessions, even after the official event is over. Go to mepforce.com to register today 
and use promo code BTG99 to get your ticket for only $99. See you virtually at MEP Force. Hmm. What comes to my mind is it's really a growth mindset that people need to, to take on and, you know, take that posture on. What does it take though for an organization to really embrace that kind of mindset? So the number one thing is you cannot uh, punish people for mistakes, right? So if you, there's some things that you have to absolutely wrap your arms around and, and micromanage, and that could be safety standards in a, in a typical construction company, right? If you're, if you're getting people hurt or killed, then that obviously is something that you can't allow very many mistakes there. But outside of some place like that, something, something really critical like that, the organization has to see each mistake as a chance to learn and as a chance to get one step closer to perfection, which you'll never get to. But that, but you see mistakes in a whole different light. It's not, you know, this this mistake. Oh no, we can never make you know make sure this never happens again. It is how do we all learn from that? Let's all get together. Let's put our heads together. In most cases, it's not some individual made a huge mistake. It's a series of mistakes inside the system. And so everybody comes together and go, how can we as a group make sure that we use this as an opportunity to get better, right? Yeah. Now, that being said, if you've got one individual who's making a mistake over and over and over again, then it's back to, you know, just, just typical um, managing people. But most of the time, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, so that, I, I agree with you. But I think that mentality could be hard to, to really kind of adapt if you're not used to that, that the whole ability or the mindset of, um, you know, fail, fail often and, and fail quickly and then get it out of the way, uh, and, and learn from that. Uh, I, especially in, in the construction industry where I, you know, I, I imagine there's some ego there <laughs> involved and nobody wants to admit mistakes. And how do you embrace that? It's okay to fail mindset and, and get over the fact that you failed and you, you can learn something from that. Yeah. So, I, so I don't think it's easy, but I think it starts with the top, right? The top has got to set a standard and a, a culture of we're going to treat mistakes in a certain way. You know, we're going to have an, an after action report is what we would call it in the army, but we get together, we analyze what happened. Everybody leaves their ranks at the door is what we used to say, but you, you get into the problem and not into an individual, right? Mm -hmm. And that, when you do that, then it'll teach everybody, hey, number one, it's okay to speak up, no matter where I am in the organization, I have a voice and people are, are interested in hearing what I have to say. And number two, it teaches people that, hey, if you make a mistake, we're not gonna pull you in a room and scream at you for 15 minutes, right? We're, we're more interested in the organization getting better than me, you know, let my temper get the best of me and yelling at somebody for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. And it makes a lot of sense. So why do you, why do you think so many organizations then build these silos if it's not a competitive advantage for them? So it's, it's the natural order of things, I think. I mean, it's silos and levels of responsibility are what we've all been taught. It's kind of the natural order. And the, the flatter organizations are a little bit unnatural. They're better, they're faster, they learn better, um, and they can perform better than anything else. But the natural order is, you know, I'm not going to make this, I'm not going to make a decision 
because I can have cover if I get somebody else to make the decision, right? Mm -hmm. Or sure. other, or it can work the other way. In a leader can be like, hey, you better not make this decision because I want all the the power with me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm that important. And and so it really is kind of turning that on its ear upside down. And uh, that's difficult for most of us, right? Mm -hmm. We all have the egos. We all have, you know, lots of people want to feel like they're critical and the most important person in the company and all that kind of stuff. It's just, that's just what we do as human beings, unfortunately. <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just part of the human condition there. <laughs> uh, so how do you think this all relates to streamlining communication on the job site? So I, I think, you know, all of that, it, the, the more, the flatter the organization, the more streamlined the information and it works in the, it works both ways, right? If you can push, if your goal is to streamline information, good information, right? Not, not too much information, but what I, what we call it at Evolve is accurate and actionable information, right? Mm -hmm. The information is correct. I don't have to redo it. It's ready to go. And I can, I can implement, I can do something with that information, right? Yeah. So if you make that your goal, if that's truly the number one goal, then your organization will kind of get flat on, by design. I mean, as a result of that, mm -hmm. right? The, when, it, when, when information gets chopped up and when it's incorrect and when information is really not the focus, something else is, then that's where, you know, it gets convoluted as it goes through an organization. We all played that game in kindergarten where, you know, you whisper, the teacher would whisper in the ear and it goes all the way around, right? Yeah. That's what happened. totally different. <laughs> That's what you happen with silence. <laughs> yeah. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, that's a great illustration for sure. Uh, what do you see as some of the, the common pushbacks that people can be on the lookout for when they're trying to move in this direction? So um, a lot of times you'll hear Hey, people at certain level can't handle that level of responsibility. Or if you give people that responsibility, then they're going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, um, um, that really that that's the, the biggest things you hear that people can't handle that responsibility. Yeah. And if you have uh, good people and you have a, them aligned around a certain goal and you're clear as to what that goal is, most of the time people are able to handle as much as you can throw at them. Yeah, but it takes trust. You gotta be able to, to trust those people. Yep. And then again, back to the mistake thing, right? You have to see the mistakes that are made because people are gonna make mistakes as an investment, right? I'm an investing, I'm an investing in the organization. I'm investing in that individual that, hey, they're gonna make a mistake every once in a while we're gonna have to throw some stuff out. But you know what? The good thing about that is you can measure that 
and you can say, okay, the result, that mistake cost us in dollars a certain amount. When you have a, an organization made up of a bunch of silos, you can't measure the waste, but it is, it's extremely high. Yeah, no, makes sense. Uh, why do you think it's important for people to have a, a single bill of material? We're going to get a little bit more <laughs> yeah. uh, zero in on workflows and stuff. Yeah. So what happens now is let's, let's take even a, um, a high level, a, a job that has a high level of BIM, right? By, by design or by mandate that it's going to be 30 or 40 or, or whatever, you know, you call it whatever percentage you want to call it, but a whole lot of BIM, a BIM job as we'd call it. Even in that job, probably only 40%, maybe 40% of the actual bill of material that gets ordered and gets shipped comes from the model, mm-hmm. right? And then a whole lot of that material gets ordered from the field. And that could be from even in the most sophisticated jobs, you'll see a foreman rip a cardboard box into, and he's writing his, what he needs for the job on that cardboard box. And then he's going to the truck and he's sitting down and he's calling in that order, right? Mm -hmm. There's no visibility as to where that order goes, right? It goes to his purchasing department, purchasing department sends it to, breaks it up and sends it to several different distributors. And he has, then the foreman has no clue where, when that material is going to show up, if it's going to show up, Mm-hmm. when it's going to show up. And then he's also got another bill of material coming from the model. And so you've got all of this kind of misaligned information that is flowing to the job site. And it's very difficult to plan work and know um, what you're going to do tomorrow when you don't know what material you have. Yeah. No central source to, as your go-to. Right. And most companies will tell you that they, sometimes they order things over and over and over. Right? You just keep ordering into the air until you get it. Now, yeah. Meanwhile, three widgets is what you needed. You ordered that five times. You eventually get your three widgets, and now there's 12 more widgets sitting there somewhere that just get lost. Nobody knows where they go or why they have it. Right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, so there seems to be material procurement problems on the job site where, you know, as we talked about, everybody's really flying blind. But what can be done to increase visibility more? Yeah, so that's, you know, that, that's exactly what we saw as we got more and more into Evolve. Obviously, um, you know, if, if the listeners are not used to Evolve and are not familiar with Evolve, Evolve is, uh, we have a, a mechanical product and an electrical product, and it's for the detailer, and it's to expedite, make a lot of the um, um, prefab assemblies and content uh, is all focused on making detailing faster so that you can uh, kit and uh, prefab and get things out to the shop and to the, to the field faster. Mm-hmm. So what we saw as we tackled a lot of those problems and we looked at the bigger hole is that that's part of the problem, right? It's a, it's a big part of the problem, but it's only model related. And so what we really needed was something else that we could get impact or get uh, input from the field. So instead of tearing off that um, a cardboard box and writing on it, you actually could input what the other things that you needed from the field, and we could marry those together in one bill of material, where that is much easier to handle from a organizational standpoint. And then we bring in the vendors, 
and you start getting a flow of information through the supply chain, through the, inter the back office, into the field, and that's what really you need for there to be one seamless flow of information. During these uncertain times, Meztech Machinery has found a way to help its customers with service and installation virtually. They have virtually installed plasma cutters, lasers, cut to length lines, and complete coil lines. It has truly been amazing what their team has been able to do to keep the contractors producing and to provide contractors with new installs all remotely. For more information, go to meztechmachinery.com. They are also a sponsor at this year's MEP Force Virtual. Go to MEPForce.com to register for $99 using promo code BTG99 for your chance to talk with Meztech about how they can help you. Gotcha. And that's called Evolve Foresight is the, the product that's coming out on that? That's correct. So we're going to announce, we actually, this is the first, this is the, the we're, um, what's, what's the word? Um, we're teasing uh, it out here. We're teasing the <laughs> So at MEP Force, at the end of the month, we're going to actually roll that out. And, and you'll be able to see under the hood just a little bit of what we're doing with Evolve Foresight. But it's a cloud-based product that is going to try to solve that solution, right? There'll be one bill material. We're, we're, we're marrying up the model information with field information and then bringing all the players into that one ecosystem so that all that information can flow back and forth. Awesome. So yeah. shameless plug here for MEP Force. Uh, you guys are going to be unpacking that more and our listeners can uh, use the promo code BTG99 to get a reduced ticket price. So we'd love for them to, to join us and hear more about it. Uh, but moving back to Evolve MEP, just kind of in general, what's really the, the heart and the vision behind Evolve MEP? Yeah. So, so again, um, you know, I was as saying, as I was saying earlier, um, Evolve MEP, the idea behind it and what our vision is, is that all MEP contractors would be made up of fully aligned teams that were leveraging actionable or accurate and actual information to reach their full potential, right? So it's very much in line with this whole flat organization, optimal organization. We see our technology is only a part of that, but we do think that um, allowing or, or uh, speeding up processes and pushing good information through an organization is really what, what Evolve is all about. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I really like about uh, Evolve is the, the feedback that you all seek from customers and um, from the industry as, as a whole to, to help with that roadmap and build the products and get that um, communication back in. I, I think that's huge. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun because Look, a lot of technology companies approach every solution with technology first, right? They're, they're going to create a great widget and, you know, um, Apple, um, you know, Steve Jobs was famous for saying that he, the customer didn't know what he wanted. He was going to create something and the customer loved it, blah, blah, blah. And hats off to, to Apple and Steve Jobs, right? But, but I think there's, for us, it's a different way of looking at it. We purposely brought in a lot of people from industry and 
we said, hey, how do we solve these problems, right? Let's look at the problem, let's look at the customer, let's look at the job site first, and then let's see what we can build to help them. And so a very large part of everything we build is getting input before we build it, in most cases, to say, hey, you know, what, what can we help you with? Where are you struggling with? Where are you spending time? And that has been a gradual process to get better and better and better as we go. Mm-hmm. And so if all foresight is kind of the next, the next step in that, but that was absolutely from customers that we had and that were struggling with all kinds of uh, procurement problems. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of a natural progression. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so shifting back to MEP force, what can people expect uh, from MEP force at the end of the month, besides the bigger announcement around uh, Evolve Foresight? Yeah. So this is our third MEP force, our first virtual MEP force. So it's going to be very different. Yeah. Welcome uh, to 2020. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I, I, I mentioned earlier, it's probably going to be better on all of our livers uh, for a certain reason, because it'll be virtual. This is probably um, very true. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, but um, MEP force is always a lot of fun. Um, a lot of information shared. Um, you know, we're certainly going to talk about uh, Evolve and we're going to talk about other, other technologies there, but, but really MEP force is for the, the user community. It's for uh, the MEP industries where they can come together and they can learn from each other. We have a great lineup of classes. We've got some good speakers. We've got a lot of content. Um, and then we're hoping that we can also connect in a way, although it's going to be virtually, that we can connect and network and, and tell jokes and have fun like we always do. It's going to be, it's going to be different, but um, I know that you, Todd, and others have worked hard to make sure that we have as authentic of a networking and happy hour uh, you know, fun during the whole thing. And so we're looking forward to it. It's, it's of course new, but um, we're going to adapt and overcome and hopefully look forward to next year when we'll be all back together again. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to figure out that, that virtual networking piece for sure. <laughs> I, I think we have a, a pretty good uh, recipe for it, yeah. as good as what we can get. Uh, so why does Evolve MEP and Applied Software really take the time to produce an event uh, on the scale of MEP Force? Yeah, so we've, we've asked ourselves that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, again, um, there was a gap there, right? There was, there was nobody that was stepping up to help the industries. And so we, like I said, we intentionally hired a bunch of people from industry who are passionate about solving these problems. And so uh, as we brought them on board, they were like, hey, there's really not a conference that talks directly to the problems that we have as MEP contractors. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, let's, let's see if we can, we can solve that problem. And we jumped in and before we know it, knew it, we had hundreds of people that signed up and the event kind of got bigger and bigger. And, uh, and so now we've created a monster. It's a, it's a good monster. It's a fun monster, but as you know, it adds a lot of stress and a lot of, uh, things that we have to, to do, but it's a, it's an act of love. I think we, we really, you know, most of the team is very passionate about, um, the industries and this, this group of people. I mean, it's a, it's a cast of characters for sure. Um, and so it's, they, they drive you crazy. Uh, and they, you also love them at the same time. So. That's right. 
MEP force is never far from my mind, but <laughs> near and dear. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Well, Clay, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and joining the show. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you to all those listening. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at ASDI.com for more information. You can listen anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Enjoyed the episode? Leave us a rating or review while sharing with your friends and coworkers. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a LinkedIn request or follow our LinkedIn page and let me know if there's a topic you'd like to hear. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is directed by Todd Wyan, produced by Alyssa Chartier, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.